Welcome, everybody. It's No Driving Gloves. All three of us are here again this week. I know Derek's having a little bit of internet trouble again. We're going to try to hope he can hang on for the whole episode and follow our uh, uh, conversations. I know it'll be a little bit rough on him, but we'll, we'll forgive him. It'll be just nice to have him and his insight and wonders and first bewilderment. First insight, do not move to the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Just saying. I know people in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and they have the same type of internet you do and it same type of quality. I, but, I thought that was kind of common sense, Derek. You just, you know, BFE Kentucky, you just stay out of it. Says the guy who lives in BFE Alabama. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I got... I got I got damn good internet. I got cable internet. I have no trouble at all. So, you know. I, I'm I'm begging for Google Fiber. I want Google Fiber so bad. But that's still the wonderments of Birmingham, Alabama. Now that we've talked all our tech talk and that, this has been the tech show. So thank you everybody for joining us. What what have you guys been up to? Anything exciting or working and still unpacking boxes? My house went on the market today, the day we're recording, which is Wednesday the 23rd. Uh, I saw that. If anybody needs a house, I got one for sale. Not as cheap as it was last week. That's your snooze you lose, but please get rid of this. (laughs) So this is going to come into, uh, instead of Will looking for help, John trying to sell a house? (laughs) Yeah, that'll be be every week. I think think we might have lost Derek already. Have we lost Derek? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just sitting over here listening to you two banter about. Yes, we're, we're bantering. Uh, Derek's being quiet. Well, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm so, trying to make out what you guys are saying because it keeps dropping you every like other word, so it gets kind of difficult. But um, I really haven't been up to anything terribly interesting. I've been working a lot. Uh, we're getting ready for a new exhibit to open up on June 11th. It will be opening an exhibit called Chevrolet Racing Louis to Le Mans, and it'll focus on some of the most important Chevrolet racing cars through history. So we've got some pretty significant cars coming in for the exhibit that you're not going to see them all together probably ever other than this exhibit. So it'll be a good a good exhibit for people to come see that are, are really passionate about uh, the history of Chevrolet racing and, and the fantastic cars they've built over the decades. So that's what I'm up to. Can can you give us a little more uh, info on it? Or we just got to come see it? I just did. What kind of info do you want? What, like, like what kind of cars are going to... Anything other than a Corvette. Oh, you want the teaser on the cars. Ah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're bringing in um, some of the... Of course, the... the Title of the exhibit: Louis to Le Mans, which means Louis Chevrolet to the wins at Le, recent wins at Le Mans. So we've actually got three of um, the very early race cars that Louis Le Mans, uh, Louis Chevrolet drove. Um, we've got the 1909 Buick Indy race car coming in. We've got the 1910 Buick Bug coming in, and the 1915 Cornelian uh, recreation of the Cornelian that he re- uh, drove at the. 1915 Indianapolis 500. Uh, we've also got one of the early 1957 Sedco built Black Widows coming in. 
And uh, that was, of course, the famed Ooh. Chevrolet uh, 150 NASCAR um, that was built up by Sedco down in Georgia. And uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, the homologation car for the C5R Corvettes that's going to be on display, and then an actual uh, C6R race car coming in from General Motors. And uh, I, I think probably there's there's some other cars. I'm not going to tell you every one. You're going to have to come see it, Will. But one that no, I'm actually uh, um, <laughs> one I'm actually excited about is we're bringing in um, one of the world touring uh, championship cars, uh, the Cruise, the 2010 Cruise, that was one of the WTCC um, race cars, and of course Chevrolet won that the manufacturers and drivers championship in 2010, 2011. And then in 2012, they pulled out as manufacturer backed, but the crews continued to win for a few years after that. So have one of those coming in to kind of round out the end of the exhibit on the story of Chevrolet. So, but some other cool things coming in, some other NASCARs from uh, a guy named Daryl Waltrip and, uh, you know, some other significant cars that talk to Chevrolet's domination of uh, racing over the years. So it'll be a good exhibit. Uh, you guys will have to come out. It it ends uh, in early January of 2019. So you got about six months to come see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll have to come see that. I might be able to swing by sometime in six months. Being Especially being that the exhibit is named after my newest dog. So... Lamont? No, Lewis. Racing? Oh. <laughs> you named your dog Racing? That's weird. I named it, I named him Lewis. After Lewis Chevrolet. Well, it wasn't Lewis Chevrolet. You realize he did not pronounce his name Lewis, right? I know he pronounced it Louis, but you know. Louis Chevrolet. I call him I call him Louis, I call him Lewis, but you know. Louis is my grandfather. Louis is my middle name. So we do know where you were influenced by. We'll, we'll, we'll let you pretend the Chevrolet's the true story. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely wasn't Viviani. <laughs> well, I, then you realize that's copyrighted and you would have had to pay for that. <laughs> why, why am I not surprised? Well, you see, there's this guy. I, I do my Google. Google alert for John Viviani. He's got a band, and he actually has it copyrighted. Unbeknownst to him, I actually own the website. But there you go. Now I say, there I go off topic again. <laughs> Let, let's uh, let's just try again. Now we're we're roughly eight minutes in. How about how about we talk about cars a little bit more? I mean, Derek's at least got us kind of focused on history, remembering the past, and I don't know. I was just thumbing through and I saw a video on Facebook last week and I said, this is a cool topic. What did we used to do in high school? It's something, you know, I, I think what we used to do in high school, all three of us, is foreign to anybody in high school today. And, you know, that was wasting our Friday and Saturday nights sitting in a car or sitting in the bed of a pickup truck, passenger seat of a car, driver's seat of a car, back seat of a car, listening to cassette tapes or CD. You guys are younger than me, so you definitely had CDs. I, I had CDs and eight tracks and cassettes and and just aimlessly driving up and down the same street, going to shake, Steak and Shake, turning around, driving up to Bradley University, turning around, and doing that for five hours a night on Friday and then Saturday. 
and going home with the same people almost every night that we started the night with. We maybe it was me, probably was, and my wonderful cool cars with pink windshield wipers and stuff. I never seemed to pick up that date that was inevitable. I think the women all went home alone too. So what I'm talking about is cruising and the stuff we used to cruise in and I assume both of you used to partake in that hobby. Oh yeah. My parents don't listen to the podcast, so I will say yes, yes I did. Wait, wait, wait. How how old are you, Derek? How old am I? Yeah, how old are you? Old enough, buddy. Why you asking? I old enough for your mom and dad to still get on to you for stuff you done in high school? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. You know I'm 35, it's, it's, okay? It's, Jeez. It's kind of like that closet smoker. You know, that's, they're, they're 40 years old, but they still don't want their mom and dad to know. Now, see, see we've, we've got Derek here about six weeks before a wedding, and he just doesn't want anything getting out, really. It's not his mom and dad he's worried about. It's the best man at the, the for the toast. <laughs> Hey, did there you hear this podcast talking about? We <laughs> yeah. was on top of that I Rock Z naked, you know, roof surfing <laughs> with Beastie Boys jamming in December uh, in Detroit. <laughs> hey, hey, no sleep till Brooklyn, buddy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, that's kind of funny. I remember. In college, straying off topic, uh, Will and I were in college when the Beastie Boys made their comeback with Intergalactic Planetary, and there was something standing next to the paint booth mixing paint where we were discussing that or the song was playing, and I can kind of vaguely remember that. I can't remember. So we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't have MP3 players or anything, but I just no, remember. It was, it was a CD. <laughs> it was a CD, and it was my CD. Uh, he's Boys very proud of the with fact. Us for a while. He's very, he's very proud. Well, of we were, we were all. He had a Beastie Boys CD. He's very proud of that. Well, we were all in our white paint suits, you know, like in the video. <laughs> so we just all started, you know, doing the movements that <laughs> that they did in the video, and we're all like singing the song. And uh, uh, who was our who was our paint body instructor? Uh, James uh, James Lang. Anyway. He looked at us like we were the biggest idiots in the world. Yeah, but he did, he did that every day. Well, was he, he wrong? You're right. <laughs> but was yes. he wrong? Um, <laughs> I will say, oh, James yeah. and I had a lot of disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Over over yeah, which type that. of brush? That was funny. Over over which type of brush to use to paint the car? Uh, John, is that the disagreements? Well, I'm not going to get too far into it, but let's just say there were very few things he did that I didn't disagree with. And I can kind of sort of paint a car now, so I'm probably should have <laughs> a little been a little bit more open in my thought process then, but <laughs> I, I know enough to. So what was that about cruising in high school again? What were we talking about? <laughs> well, I remember back when I was I was cruising in my... 85 CRX, blue over gray, it was 85 SI CRX, and couldn't afford the brand new one, but that's that's the one I had. I was running Rockford Fosgate 12s and a custom-built sub box, and 
couple powerful amplifiers, CD player, block point, Chicago in-dash. And at that time, and we're talking, you know, I'm younger than you guys, so I'm 1989 with that car. And car phone in the car, nobody had car phones, and I had my car phone, and you always had the dilemma. Do you jam your CD and you flip your CD so everybody knew you were playing CDs instead of cassettes? Or do you pick up the phone and try to perpetrate like you were talking? And, but you couldn't do both because if you're, you know, booming your system, you can't be on the phone. But how are you going to show off both, you know? Just a time of being completely arrogant and spoiled brat and... I guess pretending to be the wannabe rich kid because I wasn't a rich kid, but I did my best to pretend. But my cell phone antenna, the little antenna on the car, was real because the phone was real. But there, there was one of my cruising stories, <laughs> and at that time, Domino's would not deliver to a cell phone number; it had to be a landline. So no pizzas were ever delivered to my car while cruising. And believe me, we tried every Friday and Saturday night for weeks and months. The The hottest spot in Gadsden is kind of odd how history repeats itself. But the hottest spot in Gadsden, when I, they shut it down right after I turned 16. So I didn't really get to cruise it too much, but it was on Broad Street. And, you know, it's, it's downtown Gadsden, all the businesses and everything. So everything was closed and. You know, people would just park and, and hang out on the sidewalks and people would cruise up and down. And I mean, we'd do this for hours, you know, hours and hours. It got to where the police were shutting it down. Like you could only pass a police checkpoint, you know, three times and then they'd write you a ticket, you know. So um, eventually, obviously, it, it, it got completely shut down. And now they do this thing. Uh, in downtown Gadsden on Broad Street called First Friday. I know John and I have talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, where they shut the entire Broad Street down. If if you're just wanting to go through there, you can't. And that, that I mean, that screws everybody getting off work at 5 o'clock to go home. I mean, it shut down. And so now they shut it down for us to come park our cars and and hang out <laughs> so um and then then after broad street got shut down um there was a place in boaz alabama where there was just a block and i mean you just you just rode around that block and there was just a parking lot in the middle of it and so you know you'd you'd go one way for a little bit then you'd turn around and go the other way for a little bit and you'd you know, go into the, go into the parking lot. And that was the places to, that we went. And and then after college, it was, uh, there was a place in Aniston that we would go hang out and cruise. Um, it's so. kind of fun how they ran us off. You know, we had the same thing happen to me. They ran us off and, you know, then a couple of years later when I kind of, that's my mid twenties, I'd, you know, we'd stop cruising. That's when all the street racing started taking place. We used to, not get in trouble, and we drive, you know, drive up and down the street at two miles an hour, and hinder the ambulances and fire trucks because we were on literally Main Street, which really isn't a Main Street in good old Peoria, Illinois. And there's back routes around it, 
and then they, you know they drove us out to the country doing more dangerous, stupid things. It just, and I don't think it's ever come back to Peoria. They don't, you know, they don't cruise. They don't do anything like that. And how was it for you, uh, the more man? You want me to talk now, huh? No, you just oh, okay. be quiet. No, um, I mean, same thing as you guys are saying, you know, the John, when you were talking about booming your, you know, your sound system and stuff, I mean, I didn't have anything fantastic. I had a, I had that 93 Beretta that we've talked about on past episodes and, you know, I, I, I had taken, and this is this is just a long, convoluted story, I guess. But I took my aunt was trading in her Dodge Ram pickup for a new Dodge Ram pickup, and she had a CB in it, and uh, like a you know the electric brake uh, booster for trailering, you know the the electric brake system. So she had me take all of that stuff out. And for doing that, I got to keep the CB and she was obviously getting the, the brakes put back in her new truck for the farm. Cause she was, you know, on the farm and I traded the CB with one of my best friends back in high school for two, I don't even remember what brand speakers they were, but basically, you know, some, some really good speakers for my car and you know had a a aftermarket head unit in it cd player and again i i don't even remember the brand of that to, to this day you know built that put that all in so that when we were driving around in the beretta you know i could get a little more bass out of it and and have it up a little louder and try to sound cool and uh well, i was never really the cool kid in school but um yeah, you know, just we would do that. And, and the funny thing is, is we didn't even cruise in our hometown because the hometown, my hometown, St. Charles, Michigan, is almost too small to cruise. Uh, there's one stoplight and it's the main road is drives into town, turns 90 degrees and drives out of town. And there's really no way to efficiently cruise St. Charles. So most of us would always go over to one of the neighboring towns, either uh, Chesnang, Michigan, or um, if you wanted to go to one of the bigger towns, um, Owasso was the one town that we would go to that was a little more cruisable because it was actually a bigger town with city blocks and stuff like that. And you know, same thing there as, as Will was just talking about, you know, you, you'd pass the cops one too many times and you'd get pulled over or get, you know, chased out. But there was a kind of like Will was saying on the cruise route, there was a parking lot where people would gather and hang out. So, you know, you'd cruise a few times, go park and, and hang out for a little bit. And if you start seeing the cops driving around, uh, keeping an eye on things, you'd get in your car and drive around a little bit. And a lot of times we would start in one location. So maybe we started in Owasso and if the cops were paying a little too much attention to everybody, we'd, you know, some of us would move over to Chesnang and cruise over there, which yeah, it was like a 15, 20 minute drive. But, you know, you, you weren't taking a risk of getting caught by the cops and getting a ticket or, you know, just getting harassed till you left town anyway. So, I mean, it was the middle of nowhere farm farm town michigan so you know you'd cruise up and down and see people from the other high school or your high school that you knew and 
wave at each other, pull into a parking lot, chat for a while. And like John said, you went home with the same people you were cruising with. So, you know, and, and for me, it was either the Beretta going out with my, a couple of my buddies, or we jump in my uh, buddy's uh, Ford Ranger. Uh, he had a, God, what year was it? Mid nineties. I think it was uh, maybe like a 95 Ford Ranger. He had it lifted uh, probably three or four inches, you know, like 33 inch tires or something under it. And uh, just go goof off in that. And yeah, I got pulled over once or twice in that. And it was stupid things like forgot to turn the headlights on when we were leaving a parking lot and got busted one night. But uh, never got in any serious trouble. Always just, yeah, you guys get home. All right, not a problem. So that was that was a lot of my cruising time. And, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, John. I, I think, like you said, we're all pretty much from the same era, pretty close. So it was always about having the radio up and, you know, looking as as cool as you possibly could and just trying to have fun. I didn't talk about what I cruised in. I had a square body two-wheel drive blazer. I guess kind of before they were they were cool or, you know, definitely not what they are now. Uh, but it was a eighty six two-wheel drive K five blazer that was slammed on the ground americans uh had uh i think i had uh had a pioneer head unit uh ppim and two alpine vr10s in a custom made box that i'd made and um was you know essentially what i drove to college my first year as well so um that's uh that's what I done most of my high school cruising in and then I had an impala for a little bit. I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but <laughs> uh it was on air riding seventeen inch wheels and then uh after after I graduated college uh I had a uh pretty much a new narrow bed S ten regular cab that was right on the ground with uh 18 inch americans and you know it's what i drove every day but it was it was kind of cool to go cruise in had a big stereo and all that crap in it so those were those were my high school vehicles i still have the uh, blazer as well so uh s10's long gone impala's long gone but it's kind of neat i always remember growing up around my dad's friends them always saying i wish i never got rid of that car i had in high school so you know that was my that was really my first vehicle that i could call my own and and luckily i still i still got so it's it's not running and driving right now but it's still mine and it's still you know underneath the underneath the shed and waiting waiting to get uh Re, re rebuilt or whatever I'm going to do to it. I don't know. So. And say not surprising for me. I remember your K5 Blazer and that. And I go through, I was joking the other day, There's only, I've only bought two sets of tires for cars in my life because uh, I change them so often. And in high school, believe it or not, 
started my cruising days in a uh, my first car, Dodge Omni 024, 1980. And when I think back, I really hated that car, but I really missed that car. And it was really a good car, and my parents were kind enough and to, to to actually you know buy it for me and finance me on it. And I've always made car payments on whatever I drove. Um. It was pretty harsh on that car, but I mean, really, it was a seven-year-old, 40,000-mile car. And right now, I wouldn't mind a seven-year-old, 40,000-mile car. So that's where I started and had that for a few months until I blew up the motor twice and wrecked it once. And they let it go on, and uh, I got a uh, – that was probably – had that car eight or nine months. You were hard on it. It became a uh, 1984 Mazda B2000 two-wheel drive. Short bed sundowner pickup, silver and some stripes on it, and I, you know, played with lowering and nice. IE. I got some mismatched tires, and, and the front tires were smaller than the back tires, and got my JC Whitney catalog, and had the uh, home stereo speakers in the bed of it, and I had a tonneau for it, had the uh, topper for it, and I have a radical tonneau for that time. We're talking this is nineteen. 88 it had no snaps on it it used these little l things and this those lip system so it was nice and clean and had that and that's the first vehicle i had a phone in and then um that went on and became i think that became my crx and i still haven't graduated yet keep in mind and i had the crx then for a while and that i did big car stereo like i said it had the subs and you know built-in phone bag phone all kinds of fun stuff and whatever stickers and window tent i could do you know budget allowed to try to make me cooler and before i graduated that's uh, try to remember i was trying i think i got that car in january and i think i had it i don't know i had it probably close to it i had it through a winter so I really can't remember, but I think shortly after I must have got it in January, graduated, and then like a year later I got rid of it because I got rid of it in like February or March, right after, you know, a year after I graduated. That's when I got my Azuzu pickup that I promptly cut the top off of and understood torsion bars and lowering blocks and uh, had my convertible pickup. But, you know, those are the kind of things I cruised in, you know, it was the best I could do. It wasn't the... You know, I wasn't the hot blonde chick with the hot, you know, red Conquest TSI, you know, like kind of the ultimate Radwood car there, or, you know, my buddy in his IROC Z Camaro or things like that. I had, you know, I had what I, <laughs> what, could, what I could afford on minimum wage salary. Just good memories and stuff. I used to have a buddy that rode with me in the uh, CRX and, and uh, won a car stereo competition. You know, they said I was hitting like 132 SBL or something in it. And he claims he could only ride with me one night. He would choose whether or not he wanted to ride with me on Friday or Saturday because his chest hurt so bad from the base. And may may not have been true. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> good story to tell. Uh, I also got to at least on cruise that weekend with two different people. Uh, do have hearing problems from that car to this day. So, but, you know, just, you know, kind of just good times and good memories there. Again, driving two miles an hour, if that, 
up and down a street. I think there's a video of it. Maybe I'll dig that up. It's on Facebook, and I'll see if I can get that posted. Uh, you know, I, I drove so many cars, I don't know when the video was, but I know a buddy of mine, Rob's Nissan pickup was in there, all lowered with graphics and stuff. But you cruised in the Beretta there, Derek, and did, did your GTO ever see some nights on the strip with you? Or You know, the the GTO didn't really see any cruising in high school, mainly because, you know, my parents were pretty, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, uh, <laughs> pretty strict on when I drove that car and where I drove that car. Um, but when I was in college, I, I took it up to Mount Pleasant Central a few times. And the the times I would have it up there for a few days here and there, uh, it would see cruising in Mount Pleasant in the college town for for a little while. And I remember probably the most distinct thing from cruising that car one night was we got home and we had, it was up there. I had it up there because we had started a car club on campus, a couple myself and a couple of guys I met that had other cars. Yeah. We all got together, founded a, an actual, um, now, what did they call it? Uh, registered student organization, an RSO. And it made it a car club. We got, we had, I think, six or seven members, uh, you know, right off the bat, which was pretty good. Once word got out and people that were into cars started figuring out who we were and what we were doing. But we we hosted a car show and I had the car up there for the car show. And of course, the night before, a bunch of us that had our cars there went out and jumped in the cruising line and went to the, there was still an, and I, I don't know if it's still there or not, but there was an old, uh, cruising, uh, or drive-in, um, like a burger joint and they still did the, you know, like Sonic nowadays, pull up to the menu board, order over the microphone, they'd bring your food out to you. So we all hung out at that for a while and then went back to my apartment and parked the car. Actually, I was living in like a, uh, what do you call it? Jeez, now I, I'm, my brain's dying here. Um, oh, I was living in a, a like a double wide uh, manufactured type home, uh, brand new one that uh, my one of my friend's grandparents, they lived in it in the summer and they were snowbirds in the, you know, fall, winter, spring. They'd go down to, I think it was Arizona so it worked out perfect because they needed somebody to watch the house. It matched up to our college schedule. So we'd move in when college started, when they were moving out to go to Arizona. It was actually a pretty sweet setup. But brought the car home and parked in the driveway, got up the next morning for the car show, went out and it wouldn't start. The alternator had just died. And the night before, just killed the battery. And probably lucky I made it home. But there were like four or five of us at the house that morning before headed up to the car show. And we actually, of course, it was a GTO four speed and we actually push started the car and had enough to get it going. And I wound up replacing the alternator like an hour before the show started. <laughs> it was uh, that was that was my cruising experience from college in the GTO. There was actually some pretty decent cruising times in McPherson when of course John lived in a neighboring town and was uh 
pretty much married when we were in college and uh no i was married when we were in college oh you were married oh, okay <laughs> my bad was um, married pretty much so, was you know, married John, all the same thing yeah 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 um and you know there was actually pretty decent cruising there in mcpherson just right downtown you know i met met a lot of local people you know, that were kind of into the car thing a little bit. And, um, of course, you know, most, most of the people out there cruising, they wasn't into, they wasn't into the car thing. They were just into the being seen thing and, you know, parents letting them be cool and hang out till, you know, early in the morning and stuff like that. And I had, uh, I had my blazer there the first year and Impala there the second year. And we, we seem to always wind up in my blazer or my impala. But that was that was some we didn't do it a whole lot, but you know, we did we did every once in a while we'd when we didn't have anything else going on, we'd we'd go right up and down Main Street there in McPherson and them crazy ass red lights on the sidewalk. They didn't go across the freaking road. You remember that, John? No, I'm trying to no, I don't. It's right in downtown McPherson. I ain't no telling how many of those red lights I ran. Just, you know, I mean, they're supposed to be out in front of you. You shouldn't have to look to the right to see a freaking red light, you know? Yeah, I, I always liked it in Illinois. They had a law that your red light, you always had to have a red light on the corner on your side of the intersection, you know, to the right. And the stop signs had to be there. So you knew where the intersection started. I hate this. Let's put the red light wherever we can, and hopefully you figure out where the intersection is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that white line's for. Sometimes they don't put that white line there. Well, you're right. Yeah, no, you have you have you ever been to Boston? I've never been to Boston. Just go to Boston. You'll figure that out. It's it's a nightmare. The red lights are like on the other side of the intersection and there's no white lines and there's like 20 lanes coming into an intersection. It's ridiculous. Sorry to any of our sorry to any of our Boston listeners. Now, I got a question for you guys. Did you guys, you know, I met, Will and I both mentioned the the parking lots, you know, when we we were cruising. When you guys were cruising, there was always the Kind of like in even at high school, there were always the cliques that would hang out in certain areas, and there were always the ones to avoid. And I remember in Owasso, when we'd cruise there, the parking lot was right next to the river. So it was a parking lot with like a river walk next to it. And you always tried to avoid the dark area down by the river because that's where what everybody called the river rats hung out. Um, did you guys have any uh, any like any stories of that? Because I just I think back to that and I, I always laugh to myself that all these cliques had had different names like river rats. We didn't really have a name for it, but or, or for the people that hung out there. But in in Gadsden, you have neighboring kind of cities. You know, Hoax Bluff where I live is one of them. Glencoe, Southside, uh, West End. Sardis, Gaston, Piedmont, you know, they're all just kind of um, Metro Gadsden, I guess. <laughs> if if there's such a thing in a little, in a small town. Uh, yeah, I'm but sitting here thinking. Anyway, yeah, I hear 12, people. We're, uh, we're, we're going out to the burbs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Metro Metro Gadsden. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Anyway, so um, the Hoax Bluff, little older crowd from Hoax Bluff would hang out a place called The Wall, uh, which nowadays that's the area in between um Trey Ragazzi's, which is an Italian restaurant, and um it's another restaurant. I can't remember the name of it. Uh but anyway, it's just kind of a place, it's just a wall. You can kind of walk down and there's like a little courtyard area right there. And uh, if you wanted to fight, that's where you went. If you didn't want to fight, you just kind of stayed out of that area. So um that was that was kind of the area that I always avoided because I didn't like fighting. That's that's about the biggest thing I remember about Broad Street. I'm sure somebody that's a little older than me can can tell stories as you know long as the day is. But that's I didn't get to go down there too much because, like I said, they were just they were just really shutting it down pretty hardcore. You know, about the time I turned sixteen. My nature, I stuck to the city, never wandered away too much. But I know there was a group over in a suburb of Peoria. Peoria, at least at the time, had about 115,000 people. So I guess you could say we had a suburb or something in Pekin. And there used to be the guys that went down by the river in Pekin. And, you know, you, I went there once or twice and they'd be under this bridge. And, you know, the river would obviously be right there because that's why they hung out by the river. And, we, you know, I guess Peoria always made fun of Pekin and, I don't know if Pekin made fun of Peoria. Excuse me, friends of mine that are in Pekin, because I know I have some Pekinites that listen. Um, you know, we we kind of looked down on you. We we were better than you, because I always thought I was better than everybody. <laughs> my my ego. Uh, kind of check that every now and then. Now, every now and then. But yeah, that was. I would say that's about the only type of group i can't say there were you know i know a name or anything it's just they hung out in a different area and it was you know a different quote a different group of cars but you know i didn't hang out with the guys that drag raced and never the the street rod stuff and you no know, we were just we wanted to be seen like will said i was in that group you wanted to be seen this is a cool place to be at that's kind of the depressing part is i guess i was some kind of a i guess the word's okay I was kind of an asshole in high school. <laughs> What's changed? I, you know, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here broadcasting, and girlfriend's in the next room, and she goes, "I can see you being in." <laughs> so it, it's not a new thing. Now, but, now, see, it sounds like you guys had bigger towns but, to cruise than I did, because you talk about this and and the the size of the towns you were in. And John, you've brought up, you know, like trying to meet girls and never succeeding or anything. And the one now don't let me let me correct the you one right problem there. with where I grew up. I was gonna say, let me correct you right there. I had no problem meeting girls. I had no problem getting invited to parties because I could always bring a dozen girls with me. I just had trouble closing the deal. It's cause you were an asshole. Well, okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. We already know why. But no, the problem is you guys had... <clears throat> okay, wow, we'll edit that out. <laughs> you guys had... <laughs> you guys had bigger towns, more people. The towns I came from, you know, St. Charles, Chesnang, even Owasso, 
you'd run into people, but you knew them all, even if you didn't think you did. There was one night we we were cruising. There were like, I think, three of us in a car and it might have been my Beretta. I don't remember right offhand. And there was a car of four girls that kept passing by us and we'd wave and, you know, do all the things like, hey, you know, and eventually we both pulled into a the the grocery store parking lot in Chesney and we started talking and I'm talking to this one girl that, you know, I kind of thought she was the cutest one. And the other guys were like, well, I think that, you know, so we all picked our respective girl finally get talking enough and she tells me her name and I'm like, Oh, great. Wonderful. That's great. Our families were like best friends and didn't realize it was her that I was talking to. I'm like, well, that's over. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. So even if I tried, which I was horrible at closing deals too, I I could talk to girls horrible at closing a deal on anything. And, but it was always the situation where if I did think there was a girl that I didn't know and there was chance with, seemed like I'd always talk to him and we'd realize, oh, hey, yeah, our families know each other. Oh, your sister's my sister's best friend. Huh, that's great. So that was the problem in small town cruising because you just, you wound up knowing everybody and it was like, I'm not going there. We're, we're leaving and going home. Well, well, just, I pulled some stuff up right quick. Um, Gadsden right now, which is probably actually went down since I was in high school, like 35,000 people. And it actually says Metro. So I guess Gadsden does have a metro area of 103,000 people. So there you go. Okay, I only drive through the city on the interstate. <laughs> yeah, it's what? Uh, two two exits. Okay, here you go. Here you go. The big town of Owasso that I cruised, you know, and that was going to one of the bigger towns in the area. In 2016, the population reported was 14,670 people. Yep. Well, in Hoax Bluff, there's like 4,000 people. Okay. And since we have to do demographics, I looked at Peoria. In 2010, there's 115,007 people in Peoria alone. So I don't know what the metro is. So. Now, wait, Will. Will, how, how big is Hoax Bluff? Like 4,000 people. How many people did you say? Four thousand. My hometown of Saint, my hometown of Saint Charles, is at nineteen hundred. Heck yeah! And the bad thing about it, I'm related to half of them. Exactly. And see, that was my problem in Owasso, the big town. That's where my dad's family was from. So I was literally related to almost everyone in that town. So cruising there. It wasn't about picking up girls because you talk to one, you'd be like, "Hey, you're my third cousin." <laughs> Again, see you later. Yeah, I think uh, the Posies have been in Hoax Bluff since like the late 1800s, so we've been here a long time. So the the families that's been in Hoax Bluff for a while, it's somewhere down the line you're going to be related. That's just that's just how it is. Isn't that just the way it is in Alabama in general? Probably, yeah. Kentucky? I, I bet Kentucky's worse. Uh, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't lived here long enough to know. We'll just go with that. 
So, well, with your accent, with your accent, you don't have nothing to worry about. Well, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm one of those. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'd say it on the podcast. We need to edit it out, John. Go ahead. But I'm one of those damn Yankees. Um, so you're not going back. Going back where? You know what the difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee is, right? I guess not. A a, a Yankee is somebody that comes down here and then goes back. A damn Yankee is a Yankee that comes down here to the South and's never going back. Ah, well, I, I don't have any plans to go back at least anytime soon. I really like my job, and I actually do like the uh, the area down here. So you can call me a damn Yankee all you there want. You go. You but damn back- Yankee. There you go. Back back to our topic, and and Will, you've got. Uh, daughters that are are probably coming of age of driving is cruising still going on is it still a popular thing i mean will you know when your your girls start driving are you gonna let them go out cruising is this still something that goes on hell no they don't cruise anywhere there's this thing called netflix and chill that's the only thing you got to worry about now you know (laughs) <laughs> no no there's there's no cruising i mean people cruise their cell phones you know i mean they cruise snapchat and facebook i mean the days of cruising like that are unless you go to pigeon forge tennessee on a rod run weekend well but i'm I'm not or or like the woodward dream cruise or or you know i mean teenage Teenage cruising is 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 done. They hang out. Um, we have a, a a grocery store that has a pretty good sized parking lot in a little shopping center, and they just go over there and park and hang out in the parking lot and throw trash everywhere, and that's all they do. Um, it, it's to me, it's kind of sad because man, those those were awesome times where you just you know you're wasting gas, but you know, it was fun. Nobody hardly ever got hurt. Um, well, I say that, and what really shut down Broad Street was a dude got got killed. Um, but it wasn't even on a cruise. Nobody was cruising that night. You know, it, you know, it was it was fun. It was harmless, and, and I don't know. They just it's just not that way anymore. You know. Now, um, you know, I'm not exposed to 16-year-olds, but 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds anymore. And they don't, they don't even, you know, that's why we do the podcast. We're trying to get the people back into cars and realizing there's a little bit of fun to be had when you get away from the video games and such. I mean, they love their driving games. Well, why not get out there and really drive? Exactly. It's kind of, I think it's kind of why we picked the topic for tonight is, I don't know if we really portrayed a lot of the fun we had but it's we we sat here and talked for you know an hour about our memories of you know it's the way we knew how to pick up girls it's the way we knew how to make friends it's the way we socialized it's the way we showed off what we had i always said i'd love to have a better car stereo than i do a home stereo because nobody comes to my house (laughs) i just want them to see my my stereo and it's and i want to say they're still part of me lives that way. A lot of the car choices I have is, you know, I want something that's fun to drive and 
enjoyable and I look for some, you know, some levels of practicality and, but, you know, that's why I drive an SHO instead of say a Mustang GT or something, but I still want to have fun. I still want to be a little bit different and. Okay. Okay. Here, I, I got one. We got a few more minutes left. If we were all 16 today, what car would you use to cruise? On a 16-year-old's butt, you know, think about, you just obviously got to be a used car. You're not going to have a brand new car as a 16-year-old. Well, most of us wouldn't. But what, what car would you guys use to cruise today? What, what if, if you were going to give advice to a 16-year-old that was going to go out and cruise and have fun, what would our car picks be f- right now for cruising? For today. Yeah, if you were a 16-year-old kid today going out to cruise, what would your car be? today yeah i'm trying to keep it where i you know where i could afford because you know back when i was in high school i was looking at five six thousand dollar cars and <laughs> there's nothing there so i'm thinking affordable if i had a job which i don't it's kind of funny you know the i don't know any 16 year olds that have a job that and don't have brand new cars because it seems it's just standard to get them but say you know 20 grand, 25 grand, and I've got it, you know, going seven or eight years old, it's going to be something sports car, you know, say, okay, let's go 10, 15 grand. That would be reasonable. I know what I'd pick. Go. I I would have a 2000 to 2007 Chevrolet truck. Uh, you know, they come factory with, uh, you know, a 4.8 or 5.3 LS based motor. And, you know, it'd be slammed right on the ground with some cool wheels. And, uh, I'd still have a kick-ass stereo, um, maybe a, maybe a little custom paint work here and there. Um, that, that would be, you know, if I was a kid, a 16 year old kid with a, with a budget, you know, because a you got you got a cool vehicle you can't you know those trucks will really never go out of style they're always they'll always bring pretty decent money you can pretty well get get uh, out what you put in them if you don't go crazy and um it would it would look cool it would drive good and you'd have something that you could hang on to for for the rest of your life you know i mean look at square bodies now you know, back then a square body was just an old truck. Where now a freaking square, a nice square body is worth ten times more than they cost new. So it's it's going to be the same, the same situation. So that's that's what I would pick. Would it's probably a cat eye truck, probably an O three um, Chevrolet regular cab, wide bed, short wheelbase, V eight. Truck. Yeah, and see, I, now that I've had a few minutes to think about it, and I was going to kind of be right there with Will, I'm either going to be right there with a a Mini or a Miata or a 370Z or something, or on the flip side, because I, I seem to go back and forth between pickup trucks and cars, I would probably say I could see myself having, you know, in a 05, 06 uh, Rumblebee, or Daytona, you know, Dodge Ram pickup, 
you know, short two two door short bed configuration. But you know, it would be me. It would be slammed. It, you know, it would be. I would completely anti pickup truck it. It would be lowered. It would have a stereo in it. It would have a box or a, you know. But this part of that is I grew up in that era of mini trucks and stuff, and it's hard to say. I still find that stuff cool. I don't know if people still still would, and that's why I would probably have to say the sports car is the safer bet for me. But, you know, two seats and probably the first thing I came along with for 12 or 15 grand that fit my budget. Uh, I'll let you know because I hope to be in that situation here in about, you know, six to eight months. <laughs> I need to buy another toy. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you what my fourteen year old daughter would say. She would think that uh a land cruiser, you know, uh or a or a land rover would be the ultimate, you know, vehicle to get out there and and, and cruise in or um she really, really likes the Audi T T you know, something like that, because you can pick up, you know, you can pick up a used Audi TT for not, you know, pretty reasonable. I'm looking at, at an oh, right now on my uh, computer monitor, 09 Audi TTS Quattro for 24. With yeah, 40, see, there you go. <laughs> 47,000 miles. Um, and, and, and I, go ahead. That that would be, you know, the, the Northeast Alabama girl pick. I'm pretty sure it would be... Uh, a little two-door car like you were talking about, John, or uh, a Land Cruiser, Land Rover, whatever the hell they're called, Range Rover, Range Rover. Yeah, there we go. So, and I I haven't had the car conversations with uh, my girlfriend's kid, you know, kids and that. You know, still a, in a new relationship, but I'm going to venture and probably get in trouble, but. My ex-girlfriend and her daughter, which is you're, you're younger than yours, Will, she absolutely, and it fits your TT, she absolutely loved my Porsche Boxster and was upset when I sold it a couple of years ago. And I think she jumped right into a Boxster. She's not an SUV person. She likes the Fiats and the Minis. And then on the flip side, right up your alley, where we lived in town, we had a lot of hot rods and stuff go by, and she absolutely loves those 40s and 50s pickup trucks modified. Oh, yeah. And if you built her one of those that was drivable, you know, and she could use every day and put her in it, which you can with, like you say, with an LS or, heck, you can buy an S10 and drop one of the bodies from, a, you know, a what is it, a 40s era pickup right on it. And you give her something that's reasonably, you know, not safe well, um, you you give her, you know, she, so she would go with it if you had something that was dependable to drive. So I can't say the cars are gone from them, but when it really comes down to it, was she going to want to live with a Boxster every day? Probably not. She would much rather have something a little bit more practical. All right, Derek, your turn. <laughs> All right, if we're sticking in that like five to ten grand range, I I thought about the car that I want, so I did like John. I did a little quick, little quick research, and I can get one in this price range. And this might go back to my you know fact that I had a Pontiac GTO. I you know grew up a, a GM boy, um, but if it was today and I was looking for something, it'd be a Pontiac G8. That would be the car I'd get. Oh yeah, that Those would be my 
driving to school, cruising at night car, that would be, that would be the car. And I found one, uh, you know, online for like six grand just a little bit ago up in, you know, when I was looking, it's up in somewhere in Indiana, six grand looks nice. It's got like a hundred and 30 miles or something like that 130,000 miles that's a that's a great high school kids car you know and they're they're sweet looking i mean they've got a great style to them that would that would probably be my car yeah that's uh heck i wouldn't mind having one of them right now you know i'm actually i mean a G- i'm actually tempted to to look into buying that one that i just i was gonna right say now. you might want to send me the link to that, that well, hey if 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 you don't buy it let me know send me the link to it all right. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. It's it's one hundred and forty-seven thousand miles, and it's uh, it five five thousand nine hundred eighty-four dollars. It's up in Indianapolis, and it's a it's a G eight. Sorry, a LS what one? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a Pontiac G eight. It's just the V six. Oh. But then again, as a 16-year-old kid, that's what you're going to want to put them in is the six-cylinder as opposed to the eight. So it's being a little bit more practical. I was getting all excited. I was going to – I was going to – I'm trying to stay on topic I was going to bypass my sister's wedding Saturday and go get the thing. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make us close the show up here. We're, We're at an hour. And now all of a, and now all of a sudden Derek's got us all looking at cars online, and that's all we we could easily record our next episode of the the three of us <laughs> looking for cars. But hopefully our memories spark some of the memories that you had or did. Hopefully some of you are of that era. Hopefully some of you are old enough and beyond me that you didn't see the dying off of the cruising and. Let's somehow figure out how to get our kids to start doing it again. <laughs> I don't know how, but let's figure that out. But for that, I'm going to go. I'm out of here for tonight. I got to go wet sand. I'm just going to go to each his own. Well, we're out of here. We'll talk to you all next week. See you. Later. <laughs>